For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Carafi's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. We want to thank our sponsor today, Noonday Exploration. Noonday helps families by purchasing oil and gas royalties from estates. For more information, call 903-530-9352 or go to Noonday Exploration. And I am so excited about today's show because I have a very dear friend. His name is Doug McSwain. Doug, thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to be here, Kathy. Glad to be here. I'm going to take just a split second. I really don't even have long enough on this show to give all your credentials, Doug, so I'm going to pick a few. You were the T.B. Butler Award. You got the T.B. Butler Award in Tyler. That's a big deal here in 2015 for being an outstanding citizen with your beautiful wife, Mo. You're, you're one of the founders of Smith County Behavioral Health Leadership Team, and you've been very instrumental in starting and helping the Samaritan Counseling Center of Tyler, which is dear to my heart. And we're so proud of East Texans because we like to do things to help other people. So we have all these great nonprofits here. And you also helped start the Peace of Mind Conference in 2014. You and Mo have just been leading the pack in all the things that are happening around here that have to do with mental health. And there's a reason for that. And before I let you tell your story, I want to do a shout out to Marcy and Ryan because you have two adult children that are very dear to my heart, Doug. Marcy, as you know, is um, I asked to be her Facebook friend. I knew she didn't even know who I was, so I had to explain on a message that I wasn't a stalker. But I call her one of my heroes because I think she's so amazing. And so I just love watching and seeing how she is a great woman of influence in her own right. And then Ryan was, you may not even know this, but he was involved in Campaigners, which I think is a ministry of the Navigators here in Tyler. Oh, it's Young Life. It's Young Life. Oh, is it Young Life? Okay, I knew it was one of the, my favorite ministries. And so Campaigners is a discipleship portion of what they do. And my son was in it in high school, and Ryan was involved then. So both of those kids that are adults now are champions. But I, I re- couldn't be happy or more proud of them. I know, and I know they'll listen to this, and I just wanted them to hear me say out loud how much I appreciate the way they are using their influence for good in our world. They are. They and, definitely are. Yeah, I know you're a proud dad. I remember your family. Actually, I remember, just because your kids may be listening, you and Mo set me up on a blind date before I was married even. That's how long we've known each other. When when you were involved, very involved then, too, with Young Life, way back when. I, you, uh, you know, Kathy, I don't remember that. I was think, tell me more. Tell I was pretty more. sure you wouldn't remember, and it's okay. But what impressed me as a young young woman is 
I could see you and Mo loved each other so much. Y'all were still living in your apartment then. And I could. Oh, gosh. I, I know. Think that. how long that's been. You were fresh out of law school, I'm sure. Yeah, I was. And y'all were just so much in love with each other and, and had such a beautiful future ahead of you. I could see that. It really impressed me, and your faith especially impressed me. And then fast forward a few years later, I'm a young married woman, don't have children yet, and my BSF leader is guess who? Mo. Mo McSwain. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was in your home. I remember your three children as toddlers and young little kids, you know, and I remember their artwork on the wall in the first house y'all had over there by Andy Wood. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going back in time a long way because I know your story that you're so generously going to share today is very, is very tender. And so I wanted to go back and introduce not just all your accomplishments, but I wanted people to get a feel for how much admiration I have for you as a family. Well, gosh, oh, we, we're not deserving of it, but Mo is. Mo is. Mo is <laughs> I think it was pretty sweet the way y'all loved each other, and that's a two-people two kind of commitment there, so I'm going to give you both credit for that and for all that you've oh, been through, you. so... But I remember Patrick as a little boy. He was just a beautiful child, and, and we're going to talk about him today. So would you, Would I don't know where you want to start. Do you want me to ask you questions, or do you want to volunteer your story? Well, uh, you, you know, Kathy, I'm open to whichever way. You you know, this is the first time that I've been on your show, and, uh-huh. you know, you know the ropes better than I do. So, you know, help me, help me go through it. Okay, since we're starting from the beginning, one of my questions is, since I, my listeners may be caught, as you guys were, in a moment where they're trying to figure out, like, you, when was your first clue? Because, Patrick, I remember he was such a perfect, beautiful little boy, so happy and full of life. So when did you begin to realize that you were going to have to be aware of mental health issues with him. And and that was, you know, what, 20 years ago when there was nothing out there. Yeah, it was in the early 2000s. And, um, you, you know, Patrick had been a great kid. Uh, virtually, I'm not saying he didn't have some teenage rebellion stuff. They all do. But he'd been a pretty great kid. He was a starting point guard at All Saints. Um, mm. uh, he uh, had friends over all the time. He was doing good. But my first clue that there was something wrong was when he went to Texas Tech. Now, you got to understand my family uh, from my father, my brother, on down have all been uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Red Raiders. <laughs> I'll Me forgive you. And Mo included. Yeah, you should. You should. Uh, but it's a it's a hard life because Tech gets you right to the point and then they lose. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so so Patrick went to Tech, and then he called me one day and he said, "Dad, how long have you been in the mafia?" And uh, why'd you put this chip in my head? Oh, no. Uh, And I went, okay. I thought he was joking. And then 
he just called me two days before saying, you know, the girls at Tech are so cute. Uh, you know, I'm into my classes. You know, the stuff you'd expect a freshman to say. But then he came up with that. And I said, wow. Uh, are you joking? And he goes, no. You know what I'm talking about. So then I... I got in a car and drove from Tyler to Lubbock, and and y'all all know how long a drive that is. Yeah, that's half half at least halfway across the state. So you're looking at probably eight hour drive, is it? Eight hour, eight hour. Okay. And then I uh, I came into his room, and he was laying in the middle of the floor, looking at a TV, and said, "Dad." I know you see me through that TV. And I went, you got to be kidding me. And it looked like a tsunami had hit his place. Wrappers everywhere, foodstuffs in the floor. Uh, I said, son, let's let's get you back to Tyler. And Mm. the whole way back was kind of like a Hollywood horror movie. He was telling me what all his visions were and what all he was seeing. And Mm. I honestly was not prepared at that time to handle it. If I I knew then what I know now, I could have better handled it. But I took him straight to the Behavioral Health Center and checked him in. Uh, Was able to get him to do it voluntarily. Wow. And... That began our our dark, dark journey down the world of mental illness. Well, now, um, I think most parents would think he'd been drugged by somebody else. I mean, how did you... Re- so getting him immediately to a behavioral or... Would, I don't even know what kind of hospital that is. Is it psychological hospital? Yeah, it's, what? it's psychiatric. Psychiatric hospital. So you got him... Somehow you had the instinctive knowledge of your son's well-being to recognize that it was more than him just being drugged by somebody else well have you ever seen the movie a beautiful mind yes i love that movie okay that's what we were dealing with and so you recognize that and thank god i've seen that movie Mm -hmm. you know i may have taken him straight to the er room yeah and, you know, who knows what would have happened then. But, you know, when I got there and when he was saying the things he said, you know, it's it's like that scene where Russell Crowe has all these stuff up on his wall. Mm-hmm. And it makes perfect sense to him because you see it through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And then his wife comes in, and it's gibberish. It doesn't make any sense at all. That's kind of what I saw. Patrick just wasn't making any sense. Well, we 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 have about a minute before we have to go to the break. These these segments go really fast. When we come back, I want to talk some more about. Um, the, the, immediately what happened after that with you and Mo and and Patrick and, and how you made the decisions you did and 
I want to thank you for sharing so tenderly already. I know for a dad, a son is such a dear relationship. And and I I just know he was a joyful delight to be around as a kid. So I, I know this was a terrible thing for y'all. So when we come back, Doug is going to tell us some more and give us some great advice on what to do if you find yourself in this situation. So stay tuned with us. Don't go away. We're going to be right back after these messages. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is the closest I'm here with Mary Ottman, and I asked her to tell you about Water to Thrive. Water to Thrive builds wells and changes lives for people living in rural villages in Africa. Waterborne illnesses have killed more people than all of the armed conflicts combined since World War II. In fact, 5,000 children under the age of five die each day from waterborne diseases. Since 2008, Water to Thrive has built 750 wells, benefiting 400,000 people. You can make a difference by donating at www.watertothrive.org. Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Each week, join Coach Frankie Picasso for Mission Unstoppable, where you'll meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me. And they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Join Frankie Picasso every week for Mission Unstoppable and learn how. Stop. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. We've been talking to Doug McSwain, and he is telling us the story of how their beautiful family life was interrupted by a terrible tragedy, the loss of his son. And he's going to share some more about that. And, and Doug, I want you to be thinking about 
coming back and doing a podcast with wisdom about what your family learned through the process. But today, I just want to thank you for being so generous. It's not easy. When when people have these situations in their family and they decide to go public with it, it is a big sacrifice. So thank you so much for sharing your story with my listeners. I know there are people there are people who will listen to this who will be helped because you are willing to tell your story. So tell us what happened after you got your son home and you got him checked into the hospital, and then what happened after that? You know, uh, I'm sure hell's going to be worse than this, but it was hell. Uh, mm-hmm. Tremendous stress. Uh, He would go into the BHC, and they would work with him, but, you know, he was mentally ill. Let me tell you what mentally ill means. Oh, please. In his brain, uh, he was constantly being washed with dopamine. We've got dopamine that makes you active, fight, fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you got serotonin. And so those who are suffering from depression get constantly washed with serotonin. Those who are suffering from schizophrenia constantly get their brain washed by dopamine. Well, eventually the brain can't take it. Uh, You know, it's just too much for the brain. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a real disease. Mm -hmm. It's like cancer or diabetes. Yet, in mental illness, what we tell each other is, well, you just need to get better. Just buck it up, boy, and get better. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we told a diabetic, don't take your insulin, just get better. Mm. Uh, You know, it's an illness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, through God's grace, I found a really great counselor. And because I was trying to figure out what am I going to do, you know, mm-hmm. head of the household, i got to figure mm-hmm. out something. And then I found this really great counselor in Dallas. And interestingly, he was a Buddhist. Interesting. You know? And when I first met with him, he said, now I'm Buddhist, is that going to be a problem? And mm. I said, if you know about mental illness, it's not going to be a problem. I need to know about mental <laughs> right. illness. Right. And and he said, well, I know about mental illness. And then he educated me. His name was Russell Dunkley. Uh, if any of your listeners are going through problems, they should try to give him a call because he's wonderful. And, okay. Uh, he helped me understand. Okay, mm. I was dealing with a medical condition. Yeah. And, I think you know, I think I think that's the thing that really motivated me to get you on the show with me. I I come from a medical family. Of course, my dad was a doctor, and my grandfather was a doctor. My cousin's a doctor. I mean, it's like the family business, right? And so, one thing I do know is the brain has been the last frontier. I mean, with MRIs, things have totally changed, but we are still not anywhere near to understanding. Far behind. We yeah. Are behind. There's so much we potential think, for us to learn. Well, we know tons about the heart. But yeah. The brain, we don't know that much about the brain. It's a brand so new when, science. And so you're talking about a family 
that goes from the stage of seeing their son excited mm-hmm. to be at Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's schizophrenic. And yeah. what do you do? What do you do? Because back then there's better services now. I can tell right. you what to do now. Right. But back then, you know, so what was our option? Well, once he threatened suicide, uh, we took him to Russ State Hospital. And mm. That was, at the time, Russ State Hospital is getting better. But at the time, it was worse than being sent to jail. Oh, wow. And, of course, mm. you know, we sent him there in hopes of getting him help. We saw that didn't work. So, you know, eventually we took him all across the United States. Mm. You had so many, re- and I just want to throw this out here. So many families don't have the resources that you have, but you did. So so you did not spare any expense. You you had this beautiful family, and you had all the resources in the world to, to put into something so important to you and Mo. I just want to say that because I want other families that may be listening, you know, even with all those great resources, it was still so hard. I mean, you know, Kathy, I spent, uh, well, I'm not going to say the amount on it. I can easily imagine. Thousands of dollars trying to get him help. I know you did. Just the travel alone was expensive. North Carolina, Maryland, uh, trying to find him help because Texas was, what, 48th at the Mm. time and spending. Mm on mental illness, 48. Wow. So, you know, in the meantime, you know, my family remained insular. Nobody knew about it. We went off to social circles. Uh, We were uh, just tending to our son. And it, it of course, affected the younger siblings. Uh, because we were trying to get Patrick help. And, um, you know, for Mo and I, one of the biggest struggles you can ever find is the stress of dealing with a mentally ill child. It is 24-7, tension so thick you can't cut it with a knife, and it destroys marriages. Uh... You know, and I told Mo, this isn't going to happen with us. No. We will get through this, but this isn't going to happen with us. Uh, And I told the kids, I said, sometimes I can't give you the attention, because remember, Mm -hmm. I was working a full-time lawyer job. I know, you have clients depending on you, right, I know. Very successful business that you had to be responsible for, because you had clients depending on you. Exactly. And so, you know, the stress, eventually, you know, Mo has a heart condition that she has Mm. to have a defibrillator. I've got three-level neck fusion, staying Mm. constant pain. That stress came from dealing with Patrick. Now, here's the good news for you listeners. Okay. It is so much better now. Yeah, that is good news. Andrews Center... UT Health Northeast or UT North, I guess now. But, you know, 
uh, the psychology department at University of Texas at Tyler, it is so much better mm-hmm. dealing with things like we faced. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think one reason is you've gone to so much of a personal sacrifice by telling your story and and also uh, just drumming up the information and and I think there were people like me in the background that have been watching the lack of help out there and when we could see that that somebody was willing to take leadership a leadership role especially in y'all's case because. You lost Patrick, and that was such a heartbreaking thing, and that you were willing to put all that energy into doing something different for others. I think that really inspired a lot of people. I, I want my listeners to hear the rest of the story. Um, do you mind sharing how you and Mo found that you, your son had committed suicide? Uh, yeah. yeah. We only had... We only have a few minutes. I'm sorry. We Patrick really deserves more time than this, but well, uh, he was so psychotic. He had quit taking his meds, mm. um, and he called me at the office and was so psychotic. And I said, "Son, where are you? Let me come find you." And he said, well, "I'm on South Broadway." He wasn't on South Broadway. Mm. He was in Lindale, pulled to the side, listening mm. to his Christian tapes. Mm. And, you know, I had removed all weapons mm. from my house. We didn't have any guns, but he got a gun. Mm. And then, you know, while he was listening to his Christian tapes and reading his Bible, he shot himself. Mm. And we knew... We were praying for him. Mm. But God's grace to us was he had already done the act before we could do anything. Uh, Yes. He moved really quickly. And so, you know, about two in the morning, and we knew it was coming, a police officer, kind Mm. police Mm. officer, came to our house and told us he had committed suicide. Mm. Now, I'd love to tell you, I'm over it. No. get over the loss of a child. Mm-mm, never. I get over the loss of a parent, an elderly parent. Mm. You don't get over the loss of a child. Yeah, I don't think, I, I know, I know I just lost my mom and, 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 my only comfort is I know that I loved her well while she was with me, and that's the only comfort I have right now. Because otherwise, I just miss well, her all she the time. Lived a good life. She lived a good life. Yeah, she did. Well, I'm Doug. I just I wish we had more time. I want you to come back and share the wisdom that you have because I know my listeners, some of them will need this information and you're just a wealth of great information and also tender compassion. So will you come back and do another show with me? Sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this one up and I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it costs you something every time you do it. So thank you so much. And I want to thank my sponsors today, Noonday Exploration, for making this show possible. And please join us again soon. Thank 
you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, come on. Got in.